This is Clay from Skilled Gentleman Podcast. You're listening to Handgun World Podcast with Bob Main. Hi folks, Bob Main here with another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to a practical show done by a practical guy, and that is me. This is episode 504. Today's Sunday, April 26th, 2020. Thank you for tuning in. So, as you know, I've been dedicating the last four or five episodes to um, to getting prepared and things like that, and what I want to do is continue that theme. I also have a little bit of feedback that I'm going to share from a listener about some about some firearms uh, information that I shared on Glenn Tate's Prepping 2.0 podcast uh, a few weeks back. So remember, this show is spo- sponsored by Concealment Solutions. Great holsters. I own several of them. And if you want to get a good holster, if you just got your first gun or something like that, check out concealmentsolutions.com. That's concealmentsolutions.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. If you use the coupon code HANDGUNWORLD, you get a 10% discount. Please make sure that you use that coupon code because that qualifies you for the 10% discount, and that way Concealment Solutions knows that you are a Handgun World podcast listener. Check them out. Uh, Good stuff. And they stand behind everything and even a, a guarantee that I think you'll be happy with. Okay, so let's get started. I recently got a voicemail from a gentleman named Boyd, and it's it's really good, and it's something that's a question that's not very often asked. So let's listen. Bob, been listening for a long time, prayed for you and your family through your trials. Feel like you're a friend, even though you don't know me. I feel like you were one of my last options for help. I have 28-year-old twin daughters with epilepsy. It is a fairly well-maintained with meds. They get a three-month supply, but at the end of three months, they're within a week or two of running out. Their doctors don't have a prepping mindset. With what's happened with China and the drug chain goes through China and India, I'm getting much more uncomfortable than ever. Their lives are dependent on their meds. These meds aren't the kind that are abused. Any advice or recommendations would be a lifesaver. Thanks, Boyd. Okay, thank you, Boyd. Thanks for calling that in. I listened to that twice. And uh, first of all, Boyd, thank you very much. I appreciate that and appreciate your uh, your thoughts and prayers and everything. So let me get into that because that's a, a question about medication that is uh, not talked about too much, as I mentioned. Getting a 90-day supply, that's critical. I don't know what he means when he says his doctor doesn't have the same kind of mindset. I've never had a doctor refuse to prescribe a 90-day supply. If you're dependent on medications, especially when there's a lockdown like this. Now, fortunately, in this uh, this COVID-19 lockdown, pharmacies obviously were considered essential. And I don't know of any pharmacy that's completely closed unless maybe they're a small mom-and-pop pharmacy. But the major ones have been open but in some case if there is an issue where it's going to be difficult to get meds and I know what this I know what Boyd means because a lot of it a lot of our medical uh, medicines are made in China not much we can do about that right now until our government basically starts trying to get most of these meds produced here in America that could take a while so getting a 90-day prescription is absolutely critical 
you may have to have a really serious conversation with your doctor if they're unwilling to write 90 days at a time. Now, six months, I don't know of very many doctors that would write a six-month supply. I've never heard of that. I got several medications that I get a 90-day supply on, and it's very important. So not only that, you save money. You know, 90-day supplies. If it's something you know you're going to be taking for quite a while, get 90 days worth, one copay instead of three copays uh, each month for three months. So you might have to uh, switch doctors if it's a situation where your doctor won't go along with you. Boyd, I don't know what your situation is, really. So you may have to call back in and expand on that. But I'm really glad that you brought this up, and I'm glad that you talked about it because any of the supplies that if you can afford it if you can afford to get the 90 days per now of course it's going to be a bigger cash outlay so if you can't afford it you got to do it every month well then you got to do it every month but anytime that it's possible get the 90 day supply uh boyd you know you can most likely get another doctor to prescribe that medication for you. It might require an office visit or, in today's world, a, uh, a telemedicine visit. But as long as you've got a prescription from another physician that's in the same medical field, then I don't think it would be too much of a problem to change. So you might need to investigate that. Um, people that take medicines for, for that or for you know diabetes or for heart conditions neurological conditions like that that are going to be ongoing that are chronic definitely get the 90-day supply so again great voicemail boy thanks for calling that in and speaking of 90-day supplies i think it applies to more than just medication you know a lot of people are trying to find masks right now i've had a hard time finding masks fortunately found somebody locally here that has some good high quality cloth masks that are reusable but you just you can't find them. So PPE, preparing for your, your personal protection equipment, I think this is probably going to have a greater importance in people's lives now than it did before, especially uh, with this uh, pandemic going on. And I think for the foreseeable future, it's going to be you know probably several months that they're going to require it, if not for maybe even longer. All that kind of stuff is critical study up there's a there's a right way and a wrong way to use a mask and to take it off and to put it on and things like that so i can't stress strongly enough the importance of having a large supply of this stuff but especially the uh the medication and also if there's anything else that that you need to take with the medication if there's any supplements that your doctor recommends you know, some supplements will enhance the effect of certain medications. If you can afford it, get 90 days of those as well. And think about the 90-day theme. It applies to a lot. 90 days worth of income, for example, saved in the bank. Incredibly important. You know, just think about if, if most Americans had 90 days worth of income saved in the bank, well, then w when this crisis hit and people were out of jobs, uh, it would make going through the crisis a lot easier, wouldn't it? 90 days worth of worth of food storage uh, and, and even if it's like I said even if it's only 30 days that's actually better even I mean not better but it's actually a good enough but 90 days is even better so just sit and make a list of all the things that you could 
generate a 90-day supply on those and set a goal to do that. Start off with getting 30 days and then 60 days worth and then 90 days worth. Now, as of today, as of the recording of this, April 26th, we, sl we, we are slowly seeing states, municipalities, counties, you know, cities and everything reopening and starting the reopening. But it's probably going to be a while and it's probably you know, not going to return at all to any uh, resemblance of normal probably for, for quite some time. So, Boyd, again, I, I thank you very much for, uh, for calling that in. Okay, let me talk a little bit about my interview with Glenn Tate at Prepping 2.0 back in early April, the Prepping 2.0 podcast. So I, I have a, an email that I want to read to you from a listener. It says, Bob, I just heard your interview with Glenn Tate. And uh, congratulations on making the decision back then to uh, commit to learning and mastering firearms. As you acknowledged to Glenn, uh, shooting that person at that time would not have been legally justified. And pulling out the gun and pointing it at him would not be justified either if he was not making behaviors that put you in imminent danger. Uh, and that's correct. You did not say in the interview, though, if you currently carry any police-grade pre pepper spray excuse me, police-grade pepper spray um, and uh, or anything like that to put down bad guys that's basically less, less lethal. Um, and also, the uh, emailer went on to say, I was surprised you did not state that a handgun is just one part of a self-defense system. Non-lethal weapons and tactics should be available and used in many instances. And uh, so, Kelly, thank you for sending that email in. If you go back and you look at the title and listen to the subject matter of that podcast, Glenn Tate and Shelby specifically asked me to talk about buying your first handgun and everyday carry, firearms. They specifically asked me to talk about that. So that's why I did not get into pepper spray and other less lethal forms of self-defense. Self You're exactly right, but if I had started talking about that stuff, that would have gone off topic. And one of the things I've learned in podcasting and interviewing is to not get off topic. When you get off topic, sometimes people uh, start to lose interest and then it sounds like you're rambling and going off on different tangents and things like that. And sometimes the quality of the way that the uh, episode is is not as good unless, as it is if you stay on topic. If you want to go into another topic, it's best to do a separate interview, a separate interview about, separate episode, excuse me, about that topic, okay? So that's why I didn't do that. But you're absolutely right. Uh, in the situation that, that I was in many years ago, it was not prudent to use a handgun, but if that's what I'm interviewed about, if I'm asked to talk about handguns, buying your first gun, and and uh, and carrying, then that's what I'm going to talk about. But check that episode out, uh, Prepping 2.0. Uh, it was episode 75, I believe, and I'll put a link in the show notes. Now, the person sent me an email also said that um, uh, Fox and DPS Black Label have both been shown to put down bad guys into a cloud of inescapable pain and drop them in seconds. You know, one thing, maybe that's true, maybe it's not. I want to caution something about that. 
Nothing, really. I mean, we, we talk a lot about the stopping power of guns and things like that. A lot of that stuff's mythical. Um, you have to remember, if a 9mm or 40 or 45 is not going to put them down instantly, and sometimes it won't, then probably nothing is going to put them down instantly. It may help them. I mean, it may help you, and it may help the situation. It may keep them away. It might completely discourage them to where they go away. Uh, but I sort of try to stay away from the notion that everything or anything is a, a one-stop, you know, one spray, one shot, one one use stopper. Um, you know, Kelly goes on to say DPS also has tear gas, so the dude feels like the pepper spray pain instantly feels the pain instantly, and then has limited breathing, major tearing, and that's true as well. A three-second zap of either one of these would have left the dude uh, writhing in pain. Yeah, three seconds, but think about it. That's a long time. Three seconds is a long time. If you've got to use that for three seconds, a lot of this, a lot of these altercations are over in three seconds. Um, and that's why if you go to my YouTube channel, I recently did a, an interview with Spencer Keepers. Check out the YouTube channel Handgun World on YouTube, Handgun World Podcast. I just uploaded it uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, yesterday, actually, I put it up there. And Spencer talks about the timing and what should be your time if you have to use your gun, anything in self-defense. It's far under three seconds that you need to be able to use that device, whatever it is. Now, he's talking specifically about handguns. So, again, I would say let's, let's try to refrain from... Uh, thinking that anything that you use is going to be a one-shot stop or a one-use stop. As a matter of fact, the most effective way of winning some kind of a self-defense situation is getting out of it and avoiding the, avoiding at all costs the altercation and avoiding the incident as much as possible. And I did, I've done plenty of episodes on de-escalation. If you go back to uh, my uh, podcast page, handgunworld.com, do a search in the search bar on de-escalation. And I'll put a link in the show notes for this episode for that as well. Uh, and I, I talk a little bit about pepper spray and things like that in there and other forms of self-defense. So check out that episode. But thank you for sending in this email. I just want to say one more time, I am going to, whenever I'm interviewing somebody else or somebody else is interviewing me, I'm going to stick to the topic as much as possible. Quick break, and I'll be right back. Yeah, it's getting tough out there. Yeah, no doubt. I work in home invasions mostly. Uh, some murder, uh, occasional rape, uh, and I'm a huge advocate of gun control. Absolutely. Uh, competition is stiff, and it, it doesn't help that every time I kick in a door or smash a window, that I face the possibility of being shot and killed. Listen, the fact is, Allowing citizens 
to own guns creates a hostile work environment for me and my associates. Uh, no one should have to work under, under those conditions. Uh, I say make them all illegal, absolutely. Make all gun ownership illegal. I mean, I break the law for a living. I'm a professional, so it doesn't really bother me. <clears throat> I mean, but personally, knowing that most homeowners don't have guns, uh, that would make me a lot more comfortable, uh, more confident, and it would surely increase productivity. No doubt. This is no Your local violent criminals work hard and put their lives on the line every time they attempt to murder, rape, abduct, or assault a member of the citizenry. They desperately need your help. With your support, there may finally come a day when a violent criminal can have his way with you or someone you love without the fear, anxiety, and stress caused by knowing there's a possibility his victim might be armed. Please show your support by voting for stronger anti-gun legislation because criminals prefer unarmed citizens. Okay, I want to get back on the subject of uh, 90 days preparations because uh, actually Boyd gave me the idea when he called in the voicemail to talk about this stuff. And by the way, if any of you have any comments, questions, or anything you'd like to say about anything on this show, the voicemail is 210-646-1727. 210-646-1727. I've mentioned this before back on today's survival show, but I'll talk about it again. And that is uh, alternative sources of income. I think a lot of people are going to have to do some reinventing of themselves uh, after this crisis is over, or even right now. Some people may have to think about taking jobs that they wouldn't normally take or learning a new skill that they wouldn't have thought of doing before. But to get you through the 90-day period of tough economic times, if you have another source of income that even supplements your current income, that can be a huge help as well. Because it, you know, one of the things that if the times are good and things are rolling right along and the economy is, is roaring like it's been in the last few years, having that extra income is still important because that might give you some savings that you can put away or that you can invest then when the savings evaporates because a stink hit the fan like COVID-19 hits, you've got that savings account there to rely on or you got the extra source of income. So anything you can possibly do online to generate that or if there's a hobby, you know, a lot of people are turning their hobbies into things like making masks and making other supplies and things like that that people can use in a crisis. If you've got that kind of skill, Use that kind of skill and use those talents and put them out in the marketplace and, you know, start making some uh, extra income by that. All of that is uh, good survival preps, good common sense. And that's what I like to do. I like to talk about common sense. I don't go tinfoil hat on you. Um, 
you know, my, my prepping theme is to do what you can with what you have wherever you are. I got that from Teddy Roosevelt, who said that a long time ago. Do what you can with what you have wherever you are. And if you think about that, if you break that down, do what you can. Some people have certain skills and some don't. Use whatever skill you have. Do what you can at the moment, what you're able to do with whatever you have. Some things are hard to acquire, or maybe you want to acquire it, but you don't have the money to acquire it. So get creative. Learn alternative uses for items. And I think the next episode, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about alternative uses for different items that you might already have. And then wherever you are, so whether you're at home, whether you're on the road, it doesn't matter where you are, as long as you know, as long as you can you know, deploy the resources that you have at the location that you might be right now in quarantine. Many of us, were, we're all stuck at home. So learn to figure out what you can do at your home and what you can't wherever you happen to be at that time. Some of you are still working. You're essential workers. But perhaps your whole career and your whole job description has completely changed. And so you're now you're really in a situation of doing what you can with what you have wherever you are because now... What you signed up for when you took that job is probably a lot different in many cases. So you're going to have to adapt. You're going to have to do whatever it is that your skill level and learn to improve your skills and do it with whatever you have and wherever you happen to be at that workplace. And your your boss is probably going to expect that because, you know, think about it. Businesses want to stay in business right now, especially small businesses. And some small businesses, in order to stay in business, have had to take loans and go through extraordinary measures right now. And they're going to be in debt for that. Uh, I firmly believe that the small businesses that are taking out loans right now, I don't, I don't care what the government tells you. If the government says, well, they're, they're forgivable, we're not going to you know, get, get that money back. They will get that money back in some way whether it be a tax increase, whether it be some kind of regulation that, that's later on down the road, whatever, they're going to get it back. And if they don't, you know, we're going to have a huge uh, world of hurt on the economy. And so small businesses are going to have to prepare for that. The customer base might not be as wide and they might not spend as much money as you're used to them spending. So you're going to have to change things a little bit and you're going to have to reinvent things if you're a small business owner an operator, and that's just the way it is. And I've been fortunate, thank God. I've been I've been blessed, and I th- I thank my my blessings every day that I have I've been able to stay employed throughout this crisis. God's blessed me on that. I've been able to stay employed. Uh, I don't make as much as I was making, say, in January and February, March, April, and probably for May, June, and July. It's going to be tough. I I my customers are all hotels. Think about that. Hotels are pretty much shut down right now, most of them. Or if they're open, they're barely open and they're barely making their payroll and paying the bills. So they're obviously not going to be buying a whole lot of products right now to make them secure, whether they want to or not. So these are things, but a lot of them are reinventing themselves and they're, you know, they're figuring out different ways, especially once the, the gradual opening starts, to put people in their um, their rooms, heads and beds is what the hotel industry calls it. And they got to have heads and beds to be able to make money. Again, they're going to be, they're going to be looking for creative ways. So that's what you might find yourself in that situation 
in your job. So you you may have to set some 90-day goals that this, you know, you're going to you're going to evolve on the job in a certain way. Now, a few weeks ago, Ben Brenham, John Adine and myself, we did a COVID-19 prepping video on YouTube. I'll link to that. Yeah, you should watch that even though it takes a little while to watch it. There's a lot of good information in there and especially Dr. Adine, he shared a lot that people can learn from that. So check that out. That's over on my YouTube channel. And remember, also, if you like what you hear on this show, please support this show. Ben and I have a Shooters Club membership site, and Spencer Keepers and I just did a really good video for members who are on the Shooters Club. And that's I'm going to be uploading that in a couple of days. There's real good information on that. We even got into some non-firearms related subjects. So check that out at ShootersClubMembers.com. It's a way you can support this show and you can learn a ton for only $8 a month or $75 a year if you want to save a little money. It is a membership, $8 a month, $75 a year. You can find that at ShootersClubMembers.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's also on the Handgun World website at handgunworld.com. See what you think about some of the uh, information that I just shared with you. And I want to get back here to guns for just a minute. Recently, I just got delivered to me two of the Shield Arms S15 15-round mags for my Glock 48 and Glock 43X. And I also got a steel magazine release button, which is recommended to use for that so that you so that the plastic polymer magazine release button doesn't wear out because of the metal magazines now some people are actually using the magazines and not replacing the mag button and so far they're not reporting any issues but I get it that parts cheap enough it wasn't much I think it was like you know an extra 15 or 18 19 dollars for the metal magazine catch haven't got them installed yet or haven't uh, worked on that myself i'm going to probably try to get that done in a week and then start shooting those two a lot with the 15 round mags the cool thing about it is it turns the glock 48 really into a glock 19 that's just a slimmer thinner glock 19 everything else is pretty much the same i mean there's not much difference between a glock 19 gen 5 and a glock 48 with the shield arms 15 round mags I mean, very little difference. I mean, f- probably not even much difference in weight. What, maybe three or four ounce difference in weight? But the thinness of it makes it a uh, a really cool setup. Uh, the Glock 43X, you know, I put one of those 15-round magazines in there, and it just kind of makes the gun a little bit too heavy in the grip. Uh, with the Glock 48, it balances better, and balance is very important. When you're carrying and when you're shooting, balance is very important. It's one of the criticisms I have of some of the guns out there. They're pretty top-heavy, a lot of them. Uh, my M&P 2.0s are a little more top-heavy than a Glock, and they don't seem to balance quite as much. Does it affect my shooting? A little bit. It's something that I could probably get used to. But Shield Arms did a, gr- a great job of getting these to me. I think I had them in about a week after I ordered them. At first, it said they were out of stock. And then somebody sent me an email, thank you very much, saying they're in stock. So I ordered them right away. So check it out. I'll put a link in the show notes for that as well. And I did a YouTube review on those mags. I did two of them, actually. I did one by myself, and I did another one with 
Ben Branham, which we talked about our initial thoughts and the initial concept of those magazines. And I think it's re revolutionary. Somebody sent me a comment saying that they should, um, that, that uh, Shield Arms should make mags, extra capacity mags for the uh, Smith & Wesson Shield pistols and also the SIG P365. That, those might be coming. I don't know. Don't be surprised. With the success that they've had selling for the Glock 43s and the Glock 48s, maybe that's coming. But if I was them, I would probably just keep promoting and, and selling a ton of those magazines and making sure they can produce them and send them out fast enough because there's a, a really high demand. Now, on Amazon, you can also find some other makers of steel mag release buttons for the Glock 43X and the Glock 48. Speaking of Amazon, uh, please use my Amazon store. That's a way you can support this show and not even have to spend any extra money. Just go to handgunworld.com first and go through my Amazon store on my page when you do your shopping. But I think there's a, uh, another company called Hive, H-Y-V-E Technologies, that also sells uh, steel mag, re mag release buttons. AIM Surplus also, I think, has them on their page as well. I understand they're pretty difficult to switch out, so that might be quite a challenge. Or I may just have to get somebody that really knows what they're doing uh, put that in for me, but I'll give it a try first. That's one good thing about Glocks is they're so simple and easy to uh, work on, to replace parts, to take apart, and things like that. My initial impression of those mags, because they are steel, uh, I think they're going to hold up real well. Not that I've had any issues with Glock mags, that's what's interesting, but I really like the concept of having the steel mags. They seem to go in and out of the gun better. So it seems like whenever I press the mag release button, those shield arms mags, they come shooting out of there fast, even faster than the Glock factory mags. That's one thing I noticed about my M&P guns with the steel mags. They just seem to be a lot more smooth um, without having to put an extra mag well on the gun or anything like that. Cool stuff. So again, check them out. There'll be a link in the show notes. And go to YouTube and check out both of the reviews that I did on those. So that's it. Relatively short episode uh, this week. But I wanted to get this information out there and see what you guys thought of it. Any comments or questions, please make sure that you uh, either get on Facebook, use the voicemail, use the email handgunworld at gmail.com. And uh, I'll be covering it on the show. I think next week, what I'm going to do is I'm also going to have a lot more listener feedback on there. I've, I've received a lot more emails lately, and, uh, and I'm going to be answering some more of those next week. So for that, thanks for listening. I'm Bob Main. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of a practical show called the Handgun World Podcast. And uh, let me just finish off by saying this. Remember, evil does not exist in the holster. It exists in the hearts of men and women. So shoot straight, shoot safe, read your Bible every day, and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you. How can people be so blind?